And welcome to episode 402 of the Sound Suds Podcast. I'm Kurt, joined once again this week by my fugitive harboring co-hosts, Peter and Jake. That's uh, incredibly correct, Kurt. I've never heard something as correct as that, uh, because we're coming at you with the uh, Charlie Horse Racing edition of the cast. Uh, watch your favorite jockeys ride their own cramped calves across the freeway stretch. <laughs> And we mean a literal free, freeway, like they have to cross yeah. across I ninety five. It's like a, it's like a combo of like horse racing and Frogger. Yeah, it's quite and muscle spasms. <laughs> we lose, it's... we lose a good two jockeys a race, but hey, it's worth it. They <laughs> See, the, the training contract. is, the training is actually the same because just like for horse racing, for Charlie horse racing, you also have to be as dehydrated as possible. <laughs> Like I, I, I love to imagine like they're they're they got like the post race interview for like a jockey. They're like, "What's your secret to winning?" Well, <laughs> well, it was the half a pound that I peed out before the race. <laughs> that get, that shaved off the critical second I needed to win by three head lengths. It's like my horse is really blows out the field but it's like no it was not the horse it was actually it was actually me peeing and i shaved my mustache you guys ever eat horse no I not not knowingly <laughs> yeah I, mean, I can't i can't really guarantee what's i've been abroad what's and people in have taco served bell. me meat <laughs> taco bell beef okay have you have you have you eaten horse steaks jake you've been you've been cutting You've been you putting that lean muscle on. <laughs> you know when I was keeping a, it a secret. You know when I was a kid, they sent me to a nitwit school, and there they uh, I I think that's what they they called the sloppy joes. Wait, you had donkey Horse. brains? <laughs> yeah, they call us, and that's how we we got the that's how I got the nickname donkey brains because I couldn't stop eating it. <laughs> I was like, give me more horse. Like, oh. All right. <laughs> the glue and the lunch meat come in the same crate. <laughs> That's what I like to hear. We call it the uh, Exotic Joe Special. Hey, Exotic Sloppy Joes. We can't let any of any part of the animal go to waste. <laughs> We're like natives, you know, Native Americans. We gotta when that that up that upstate nitwit school is uh, run by some off the books. Indian chiefs and uh, boy, do they stick to their roots. Well, my school district had all uh, Native American names for the schools. Yeah, we had a handful of them. Chicktawaga. Well, except for the high schools, they were just high school East and high school West. Mm. Not not really as imaginative. You guys learn about lean-tos the same way I learned about lean-tos? We learned about longhouses. Yeah, yeah, longhouses. Yeah, longhouses. longhouse diorama. Ear um, boy. Bitch, yeah. I practically lived in the <laughs> state museum. <laughs> Hell yeah, dude. Dude, I came up, so I was coming up from New York City last weekend, and I was like, Taganic Highway. Does that have any relation to Taganic, like the Taganic Falls? 
or to the Taganic Park. I'm like, and I looked it up, and they're all like the same word, just translate like written down five different ways, and it just means in the woods. Is it like Canicadea? <laughs> yeah. Is 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 uh is Ticonderoga like the pencil company? Is that Native American? Uh, there's a Fort Ticonderoga in New York. Huh. Let me see. It was made out of pencils, actually. Um, you know, back when it was made during the War of 1812, that's all they had was mass-manufactured pencils. All the lumber <laughs> was going south. I all right. So it comes from the Iroquois r- word, uh, and I'm going to butcher this. Uh, Tekontaroken, meaning it's where two waterways meet. <laughs> Makes sense. <laughs> Pencils. <laughs> I, I like. I love circle. the. I love the way that the internet translates your koi stuff. It's like, yeah, it means it's in the woods. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's you know the native stuff in nature. Whoa, we got raccoons or possums. That guy's name is Bear. Just Bear. I can't say it it's, the native way or else you'll call me out. Cancel me on the internet. All right. Do you want the dark uh, where are we coming at you live from? Or do you want the uh, in context of this episode? Well, seeing as we're live? in the, the fucking pits of January, let's go dark. All right. We're coming at you live from sunny, hot, scorching highway of death. Right on our way to beautiful, sunny Iraq. This uh, highway of death was named after the corridor okay. of the U.S. bombing. Woo! We had air superiority that day and boxed in a group of uh, did you read a mix of rebels Wait. and some. Uh, Jake, did some you read civilians. the Hassan tweet? Yeah, yeah. I was listening to him. Did rant you read about the it? community note that was right underneath the Hassan tweet? Uh, I I could care less. There there was a couple community notes I think on some stuff. You're just going to dodge them. <laughs> Which one? There's not one on the... Well, there's a couple of them. There's not one currently on the one that had the picture of it. I will, but the, the, I will find it. The older one, maybe? Because uh... he had an issue with the community notes. Because that's like... That's kind of been like what I've been noticing with uh, Twitter lately. Is that it's... It's getting weird. Oh yeah, it's it's the top one on Get Noted. Oh, is it? <laughs> it's the top post today. <laughs> we love, we love getting noted. Yeah, actually, I don't. I think this got removed. Oh, I got taken down. Oh. Oh, that's fucking funny. Okay, yeah, that's why he got pissed off at it because. That uh, community note is um, is uh, extremely extremely false. Um, and his, I don't know what to believe anymore. Yeah, it is. It is widely widely known as like the biggest blunder of like the um, um, uh, what Operation Desert Storm, and like we all are like, yeah, this is kind of a fuck up because there's a lot of civilians they were retreating and. Then therefore surrendering, and it's kind of like a war crime. He was trying to compare it also to like Russia, if like they did the same thing, they probably have. Hey, hey, Jake, I I've just 
been informed by the community note that they were in fact valid military targets. Oh so, yes, not a war crime. Not yeah, not a war crime. Totally, because the community note said Mor- it was Mor- morally reprehensible. Sure, but not a war crime. Well, I think the other funny haha um, is if you go to that Wikipedia article that is uh, linked here, it says it was a war crime <laughs> or something like that. It was there's like when you dig deeper into the the article it was like yeah what what they technically did was a war crime well they need a good lawyer to represent them at the hague i can i can not recommend uh lance p-boy dad yeah i mean he's he's available i bet he probably doesn't have any other work he's he's driven off a lot of his business um just like the movie studios are doing their best to drive off business <laughs> with the trailers they release on our Trey watch trailer trailer review and roundup segment. That's Trey right. Watch. Um, I'm gonna start this off with not really a trailer, but a teaser for a trailer we've already seen, and I'm only mentioning it because it makes we've seen the trailer for Problemista, and we were like, this is I don't know. It's gonna. It might be good. It's probably gonna be middling. Um, and then I watched the teaser for it, for the trailer that I already saw, and it makes it look so much worse. It's probably the worst teaser in the history of the world. What is it? it it's. It shows. I think it's supposed to. Like the idea was like this is his style and this is going to be the visual style of the movie. Um which I guess if you want to weed out as much if you want to winnow down your audience to exactly one group of people <laughs> and that is the people who like this exact style, um this is a great way to do it. Um he's shaving out the competition of anyone who might be intrigued by this movie. Well, but, you know, that's just fine because they're all going to go see Dune anyway. Yeah. <laughs> releasing on the it's releasing on the same day, right? Jeez. Oh, yeah. Talk about a talk about an oof of a release date. Well, Dune was supposed to come out last year. <laughs> yeah. And I was, I was like maybe this already I think this already came out. I don't know. Either way, there's an extended sequence in this trailer. This is a one one and a half minute trailer of a guy of our our main character not being able to get a call and then getting a call on his phone and not saying anything and then like taking a selfie with his shell phone. Oh, was that the oh no was that the joke shell phone? Oh god. I don't <laughs> I, know, I was distracted by the green on slightly darker green Empire oh, he, State Building. Did he say shell phone? No. Or she no. said shell phone? They did not say shell phone. It was a shell, shell that was, was a phone, sh- and I only connected the dots right now. Um, It just... Oh, he called it, he called it our phone. I have no recollection of this trailer. Uh, Wasn't it about a trailer or something like that? It was a yeah, so it was like a a surreal kind of um, magical realism film about a guy like a he grows up in like a fantasy world and he wants to go make toys or something like that and he has to go into the real world where his ideas of 
his fantastical creativity have to meet with the harsh realities of like living in in real life mm-hmm. and it's a little bit of like magical realism layered on top of all of that so it's it's gonna be a quirky movie yeah so speaking Quirked of like out of its mind speaking of uh you know on the topic of bad teasers uh opposite that good teasers we've been yes. talking about long legs i think we talked about it last week they had two yep. good teasers and they came out with another one and um this whole campaign of like slow the second the teaser was even better than the first like this is what teasers are supposed to be right yeah I mean, Where, well, yeah but third it's teaser like it's the third in a series of teaser and they're flashing these cryptic symbols and like they they've gotten more and more disturbing just in, in the the feelings they invoke yeah. as they've gone on and this is the first one we've actually seen someone get murdered um we don't know too much about what's going on other than there's the serial killer on the loose uh seemingly targets children but perhaps not because he killed a not child here um and they haven't even yet revealed their the race in the hole nicholas cage so yeah i yeah every time i watch these i forget that nicholas cage is in here um or at least supposed to be in here and i'm i keep on wondering what he's gonna when he's gonna show up pop some cage put us in a cage yeah they yeah, know. they know the cage comes last. Yeah. He makes <laughs> you don't you don't break out the cage early. He is the he's the actor of honor. So the fucking trump card finishing blow. Speaking yeah. of cages and uh, <laughs> space stations, you know, because we got the ISS movie that had a featurette, and uh, Adam Sandler's coming out of the movie. Which Kurt is going to absolutely love this movie. Yeah, so it's funny, because last week I was like, I thought Long Legs might have been about a spider, so I was presently surprised that it was about a serial killer instead. I got the opposite of that this week. <laughs> did you get the, did you get the, did you not know Spaceman had a spider in it? <laughs> not no. until it, it showed up in the I, middle of the trailer. I, the only reason why I knew is I, I had heard a, a TikTok beforehand about, like, people... Gooing and gone over bearded Adam Sandler. People were gooning over Adam Sandler. Yeah, people were edge maxing and mewing over bearded Sandler. (laughs) (laughs) Am I vibing with the Zoomers yet, guys? We goon and edge. (laughs) We're just straight gooning. (laughs) I, I'm a goon youth. (laughs) Yes. Guys, let's promise, let's make a pact never to mew alone. Mewing alone is just, it should be illegal. Well, yeah, how am I going to charge my crystal if I'm doing it alone? Yeah, yeah. We, we, uh, friends, friends mew together so we can goon and edge to the max. Um, I can't. Sp- <laughs> Sorry, back on. <laughs> just trying to, trying to do on camera, and I see if I can be like, Adam Sandler's mewing in Spaceman um, with a spider. <laughs> um, before I get into it, I really hope that the the uh, producers or whoever come out with a arachnophobia safe version of it, where it's just like, spider. The word spider, or well, like because they do this in video games where they just make it a blob. 
and they just well, yeah or or usually they they replace it with another model like in dragon age origins the mod i have installed replaces with the bear model yeah um, i saw one where um they just you could toggle arachnophobia like how arachnophobic are you mm-hmm. um and you just reduce the amount of legs and like <laughs> features on the on the spider until it was like comfortable and i think the lowest one was just a, a sphere with like <laughs> eyes on it the uh <laughs> lethal company does it where it repl- it still has the legs but the th- instead of a thorax and a face and everything it's just a a, th- a 3d prism of the word spider <laughs> i do appreciate that games are are starting to have these settings now yeah. um but and space man why why did it have to be a spy that's like the least spacey thing ever that's like almost as bad bad as when i was playing uh uh fallen order for the first time on kashik and there's just like a giant spider enemy it's like not even trying to be star wars or anything it's just straight up a giant fucking giant spider. enemy spider random i don't i don't and understand I, it and I'm like that. That there's nowhere in the Star Wars lore that this creature exists. <laughs> this is this is one of the Spider-Man multiverses. We're gonna get Adam Spidler. <laughs> in the end, he's gonna bite him and develop spider powers. I would try and make a joke man. about like Adam Sandler like doing some Spider-Man quips, but I can't do an Adam Sandler parody voice. But it should have been, like, an alien or something, you know? That makes too much sense. It probably is, like, it probably means something, because this movie is about, like, themes. Yeah, this is a more dramatic writing. Um, yeah, he's trying to do drama. Uh, he was pretty good at Uncut Gems. Um, I think yeah. serious movies are a good uh, move for him, because he stopped being funny a long time ago, so... Comedy is probably not his best uh, choice. Yeah. The I mean, the social media scrubbers probably heard all the words about like, oh, you know, his comedies are are really bad, but like he could do drama. Like he's actually surprisingly good at drama. And they're like, Adam, just do this. This is what you're doing now. Well, yeah. Whenever he does a drama, he always has a beard. His comedies are always beardless. <laughs> it's the two sides, the two faces of Sandler. The two sands of the Sandman. That's not true. He had a beard and you don't mess with the Zohan. That was his most serious role yet. That was. There was no. You obviously don't remember the same way I do. (laughs) (laughs) I didn't laugh once. It was. It it was. (laughs) (laughs) You know what? You're right. I can't. I can't even front on that. <laughs> That's right. right. Beef with the Zohan. <laughs> Come at me, mother. All right, that for that fucking takes it, Jake. You got him. Oh Jesus. Oh, one hundred <laughs> points to fucking Gryffindor. That's that's a dad joke that I can get behind. Hell yeah, it is. Sometimes they sometimes they come in clutch. Um. So yeah, that's uh, Spaceman. Um. Let's see. Sun. We have we have a another trailer, Suncoast. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's uh, the whole trailers in the mo- in the the whole movies in the trailer. Yeah. Um, like I, 
I guess the visual style is is kind of nice, but it's it's nice in that in a way that a lot of other visually dynamic movies are nice, where it's look at these big colors, these big contrasting colors. But the plot, yeah, it, remind, it is, reminds me a bit of uh, of Juno in some ways. Um, obviously, teen pregnancy isn't the theme, but um, just stylistically, mm-hmm. it kind of. Ha- has some similarities to that um it's not a movie for me and i'm not interested in it uh but you know a girl has uh to be her brother's keeper essentially um and acts out because of the lack of the attention and um you know there's a consequence to her acting out that causes her to kind of re-examine what she keeps porting in life, and Woody Harrelson kind of guides her through, and <laughs> that's the movie. Yep. <laughs> if you like, if you like coming of age movies, and you like Woody Harrelson, and you want to see both of those things at the same time, you know, go really go for efficiency here. Mm-hmm. Um, then this is the movie for you. Yeah. Um... You know, it, it's a. Uh, I don't know the actress Nico Parker. She's the star, but um, I think Woody Harrelson's probably going to carry it uh, quite significantly. And the mom, I don't know what her name is, but um, uh, she was in Ozarks, and she was actually very good. Um, and she was mm-hmm. the mother in Ozark too. So, I think if she brings the same power and intensity that she had in that one to here, uh, it'll be a, a well acted movie. The only thing I'm kind of weird on is always like it gives me euphoria vibes when it's like uh, really diving deep into like the sexuality of like underage kids and it's like oh yeah the um, feels weird yeah like the party scenes yeah we don't know how old she's supposed to be (laughs) they were in a classroom (laughs) (laughs) you could be in high school you could be the age of majority in high school yeah. Yeah, I'm 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 banking on senior. I mean, that would make sense. A lot of them are drinking and and going ham with that. So um, we're, we're hoping they're all they were all born. What, what would it be pretty late in the year, or would they be born early to get to eighteen in uh, senior year? Um, know. who knows? Fuck, it depends, I, know I guess, because sometimes uh, you get cut off if you have too late a birthday. Probably and early. you have to start a year later. That's what happened to me. Let's just say they're all September babies, and uh... like me, like how every <laughs> stud racehorse is born on January first. Yeah, you know that was uh they do that for bookkeeping, or for like um <laughs> pedag- like um genealogy. Oh really? To keep ages straight. Um, so they just go. I don't care what day you're born on. You're born for for bookkeeping purposes. You are born January first. So horses are like hockey players. The majority yeah, of uh, NHL players have January birthdays because they had more playing time and they were. Um, it was like when the season started, and they put them <laughs> in the age group. Mm-hmm. They would uh, qualify for that, and they'd be the biggest kids on the on the team because they were like kind of older by like a half a year or something. I wonder how yeah. how young you could push that. Like, is there a camp where you can train like skate babies? Like they they can barely toddle, but they're on skates. Just get them, just get that early experience in there. I don't like know. they can't walk on they can't walk on dry land at all. 
Because <laughs> they're just used to having blades on their feet. Honestly, everything has like surprised me with having a, with having a kid. Like, uh, apparently, some people start potty training them like at what Joey's age is now, and I'm like, no, how? He doesn't give you a heads up. <laughs> yeah, he does, he's not like, hey, Dad, I got I gotta go. Put me on the toilet. He just looks at you <laughs> and shits, <laughs> and then you feel it, and then you're like, I don't know. God damn! I just had a person void all their bowels in front of me. The center of mass has shifted significantly. Yeah, he lifted off the off my lap a little bit with that one. <laughs> Jeezy Pete's. Oh, well, that um, is sun. I was gonna say it's like spe- <laughs> there's nothing. I we're not speaking of poop. There's no poop to be spoken of here. Um, there is one more thing that, which I'm calling it out cause I'm probably going to go see it cause they'll let me see it again. Uh, which is the Godzilla minus one minus color edition. They're doing a re-release in black and white, which has not just been, it's not just been converted to black and white. They like regraded it all. So it actually looks reasonable cause I mean, yeah, but if you didn't light the scene for black and white, it's still kind of not really. I don't. Know. I, not I really honestly, worth it. <laughs> really. Honestly, I like I like the movie, so seeing it again and maybe a little different view. Yeah. I that's all for me. I'll, I'll take it. Um, you know, I don't. <laughs> just seeing the couple bits, I don't know if it hits. I don't. I don't know. Um, I think they did a good job, like recreating it. I I think it's kind of funky with like. That first clip they showed, where it's like close-up CG, young baby Godzilla in black and white, does not hit as hard. Um, Little baby Godzilla, yeah. But like maybe the town scenes. Yeah, it. I want to see it. I'll at least see it because I like the movie, and I want to see it also out of curiosity. Because looking at it now, yes, I can see like some of the some of the sharpness and like. Um, some of the effects really start to stand out a little more starkly. Interesting. So, yeah, and well, in some respects, in some scenes, it helps the visual effects not look as bad. But in other scenes with other effects, particularly the ones on the water, mm-hmm. you can can start to see how uh, how it maybe wasn't exactly the highest quality work done. <laughs> Regardless, um, I think it's a good move by the studio for a movie that's already just it's just oozing profit. Might as well just like, okay, we spend a little bit of this on the recolor or on the decolor, um, and we can just release it for another run. Yeah. Um, squeeze a little more blood from the stone. I'm not sure how long this is going to be in theaters. I think it's a one-week-only and... event, so... Okay. All right. That makes that I makes will, some sense. I, I'll catch it while it's there. I I solved my mic stand problem. I put a deck box on top of it. I see. How many? How much foil was in there to keep it weighed down? That's why we make the big bucks. It's actually a uh, the Anawan precon that I didn't realize I bought. Pre the pre Canawan. Yeah, Anawan the ninja. Oh right! I forgot. I sometimes forget that there's other 
and once and I was like, that's not a pre-con, but that is a strong deck. <laughs> the mono black and on vampire deck. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know what makes it real popular at the table? Man- <laughs> everyone sacrifice a creature. Manawan, the Nicholas Cage. <laughs> Tanawan, uh, the frying sage. I'm going to transition us to we, our next segment. Before we riff like we I remember when you first pulled that card, we just riffed for like 15 minutes on that. Yeah, I, I We know. exhausted every name. Uh, we're not going to do that. We did a full Hanukkah song parody. <laughs> oh my God, we did. Um, But that's not that's not here nor there. We're going to move on now to the follow-up. Just going to leave that, that bait out in the air there for the three people that might be able to connect those dots. Um... Weekend two of 2024 here, the Martin Luther King Jr. weekend. Uh, Mean Girls tops the box office this week with a $33.6 million opening. Um, I feel like that's decent opening for this film. I don't know. Um, I, I remember hearing articles that were, that were claiming stuff, or at least saying that it's sales were kind of suppressed because the marketing was not very clear that this was a musical. Yeah, I could believe that. We made that comment ourselves on the show, in fact. Because I think they, they were afraid that, like, oh, musicals aren't going to sell well. Or it's like it's not going to perform. But like, And so you you obfuscate your marketing further so it performs worse. Yeah, makes sense. Yeah. Um, but still good enough to top the box office. The beekeeper uh, did not do quite as well. Um, I, there's no one listed as its distributor. Is this an indie film? <laughs> what? Um, but anyway, the Jason Statham action picture opened with $18.7 million last weekend. Wonka maintains its third place position. Uh, or moves in the third place, I should say, with $11 million uh, this weekend, bringing its worldwide total up to $511 million. So cool half bill there. Migration is doing much worse. $8.5 million for Migration this past weekend, bringing its total worldwide to $177 mil. Or 100, wait, 117 I think. My dyslexia. No, 177 Cool. Uh, anyone but you, uh, neck and neck with Migration, $42,000 separating the two movies. I think that's like the tightest margin I've ever seen between two places. They are, um, yeah. That's, that, that hurt, that's gotta hurt for Migration. Yeah. <laughs> After a fucking half decade of, of teasers. Yes. Well, surprisingly, they're both in their fourth week. I'm so. I'm quite shocked that anyone but you is, uh, it must be pretty good for, for fans of the genre. Cause it's had pretty strong week on week performance. I think the cast it, might have something to do with that. I, I can think of two reasons why somebody might. Go there. <laughs> <laughs> well, daddy, well, daddy you, humor there for you. <laughs> but you think, <laughs> that it would have had a stronger <laughs> you opening. Turn, you turned into a fucking late night host. 
from the 80s there. <laughs> it only opened... Yeah, your Andrew Dice Clay bit there. Um, fuck it. Uh, it only opened to $6 million. You think it would have had a stronger opening if that were the draw, right? Well, uh, you know, people are a little timid to go goon and edge on opening night. <laughs> You got uh, You're right. You, you have to you have to make sure that you have enough time to fully goon out before you go to the movie. The, the law of the land says you got to wait at least three nights. What, what are they at right now? The fourth, fourth week. You got to wait wait at least three weekends before you uh, go goon and edge in public. No, you got to edge the whole time during that three weeks so that you're ready to goon when you're in the theater. Yeah, you just bust. <laughs> All over your your king-size whoppers that you brought in. No, those that's what's on the screen. That's what we were talking about. Oh, <laughs> that's king-size whoppers. You, that's the oh. whole reason you've been gooning. Um, zing, zing. <laughs> Uh, mewing. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> Aqu- Aquaman in the Lost Kingdom, also in its fourth week, uh, is getting Aquaman. shat on at Not the box office. Not quite keeping office. up with the competition there. Uh, no, Amber Heard wasn't a big. They should have had a uh, Sydney Sweeney in that movie. Maybe, <laughs> maybe they'd be in a little bit better. Better standing. Luckily, um, it had a big. Uh, Enough, or it's doing well enough overseas that uh, it's managed to claw its way to three hundred seventy million dollar worldwide take, uh, oh, yeah, which no is still a money loser. Well it's Aquaman. Come on, he's. A... <laughs> but that'd be underseas. He can swim over there. <laughs> Get out of here. Foreign audiences, they don't, they can't relate to Star Wars. They can't it's relate the, to Indiana Jones. It's the but they see the ocean. Opposite. They're like, I have one of those. <laughs> it's the exact opposite of overseas. It's underseas. It's the lost city of Atlanta. Well, if we started, <laughs> if there any, if there were any movie theaters in under underseas Atlanta, there'd be uh, they'd be raking in the big uh, uh, doubloons. <laughs> what, what kind of currency they got? There? Spanish doubloons. They report the they report the Aquaman numbers in pieces of eight. <laughs> got some nice clams. <laughs> Uh, a Spanish galleon or two. <laughs> you know, Atlanta, Georgia. Underwater Atlanta, Georgia. Known <laughs> for its Spanish galleons supply. <laughs> night swim. <laughs> Watch out behind you. Night swim. Watch out beneath you. Night swim. Speaking of Aquaman. You guys are off with Aquaman. your directions, man. <laughs> Can um, I help it? My, I blame the tequila. <laughs> But Night Swim is uh, sinking quick at the box office with a mm-hmm. paltry $5.4 million yeah, that was second a, weekend. I'm, I'm looking at, um, I don't know if it's on the MLK weekend it, um, list, but at the regular weekend list, it dropped to seventh from second. Yeah, five spots. I want to see what the, I need to see what the, the score is on this because I, I need to know if it was like, really bad and everyone finally well, realized it 
if only some people had gone through the trouble of searching through a bunch of IMDb user reviews to <laughs> deliver a verdict on exactly that. Oh, oh, crazy. I totally, <laughs> totally aware of that. I watch every week. I'm a devoted listener. <laughs> yeah, 40, 43 Metascore. Um, <coughs> yeah. Unrelated coughing. Yeah, just I got I got <clears throat> some quality stuck in my throat. <laughs> I had to get it out. Um, just like you got to get out of the boat if you're one of the, the boys, boys in the boat. <laughs> it's, them, it's them boys in that boat. <laughs> it's them Duke boat. It's them boys, D-E-M-B-O-I-S, in that D-A-T boat. Well, them boys are at it again, and... 1930s. I'm just imagining yeah, like an orange canoe with like the Dixie flag on it, like the Confederate flag jumping a ramp. Got <laughs> in midair. Oh, it's them boys in that boat again. Oh, they gonna, them oh, boat boys! Gonna, oh, they jumped! They jumped old man Hitler's car. Whoa! In the boat, and they've splashed him. Oh, that's gonna mess up his mustache. He's very animated. <laughs> Hitler's going to be so mad when he beat him in that boating competition, which I guess is the story of the movie. Yes. Boys, if we like, beat if we beat Hitler in, in boating, he's not going to have enough power to go back and take over France. It's the, it's the ultimate boomer power fantasy. Is the obscure sport that you did in college saves you from the Nazis or like defeats well, the the world war the world war hadn't started yet. This is three years before. Okay. They went. They went back to time. A, they hadn't invaded Poland yet. It's a boat tub time machine. Okay. Uh, um. Ninth. That brings us to ninth place. The Book of Clarence, opening nice. with a uh, pretty pretty depressing three million dollar uh, three day weekend total there. Yep. Uh, Sony Pictures has has done a lot of this in the past couple years. They're propped up almost entirely by Spider-Man and its related properties because everything else they put out makes almost no money. Yes. Um, They're the ultimate, like, it's the, they're the ultimate extension of the, like, make, use your budget to just make whatever. So a lot of studios will do some of that. I argue that some should do more of that, uh, but maybe not as much as Sony. Yeah, maybe, maybe not. Uh, yeah. So uh, it is a movie, however, that captured our imagination and then lost our imagination uh, in the span of its trailers. So uh, we figured we would do what we do on this segment and follow up and see how it's doing out there in the wild world. The uh, book wild Clarence. West. The Wicked Wild West. The w- Wicked Wow Wow. Um, six out of ten on IMDb, 68% critic score on Rotten Tomatoes, 60% uh, on Metacritic, 80% audience score on Rotten Tomatoes, though, and a 6.9 user score on Metacritic. So uh, a little more favorable uh, reviews from audiences. 
But let's see if that tracks up to people who who don't hide behind numbers, right? Some of these people out here rating movies, they just they they put their star rating in and they bounce. They don't defend so their position. They don't explain things. It's I, it's transactional, it's impersonal, it's transient. If you in order to really know what someone has said about a movie you have to read their words see their truth experience their worldview and the only place you can do that is in the imdb user review sections brought it home ladies and gentlemen brought our boys home oh the boys never left the boat peter (laughs) (laughs) did they come back into town on the boat yes boys are back into The boat is back in town. (laughs) The town is Albany, and they rode down the Erie Canal. (laughs) (laughs) Or up the Hudson, depending upon. One of these days, I'll actually watch a rowing competition. I'm sure. (laughs) A regatta? (laughs) The crowd crowd will be at a capacity. Like, they won't. You, you got to know only. that, yeah, the Italians definitely invented, like, competitive crew because ricotta and regatta are too similar <laughs> Oh yeah, <laughs> to not be connected somehow. Just I'm like I'm connecting us back. Gondoling. I'm I'm connecting us back to the, <laughs> the point of this segment as we read Trace Mello's review of the Book of Clarence, which he gave a 10 out of 10. One of the most creative and entertaining films I have ever watched. January 6, 2024. This Book of Clarence was super creative and unexpected gem. Unexpected gem. Being a biblical period piece that was so entertaining and everything it could ask for in a film. A 10 out of 10 in my books, if you will. I loved Lakeith in it as always. He was funny and just the powerhouse of an actor. I also loved the performances of Omos Sai, Benedict, James, and Anna Diop. They all delivered the performances as well as possibly imaginable. I am definitely looking forward to seeing more of the extremely talented and visionary Jameis Samuel in the future. His style and vision will surely concoct a number of groundbreaking legendary films in the future. I can't wait. Uh, 17 out of 49 found that uh, episode of Coffee Talk helpful. Just of all the there. We got Diane Moore with a two and two out of ten. Is she related to Julianne Moore? M O H R. The hardest. Of I names. don't think that's right. But yeah. is she related to like the Moore's Law guy? Might be. <laughs> I think that's also spelled the other way. But maybe well, like Niels Moore. Niels Moore. Whatever. Moore Moore. Whatever her name is, she's disappointed. Oh, Kevin Sorbo. Okay. This film is a curiosity, as I saw it billed as a comedy and Western, parenthetical question mark. But the jokes are lacking. The sound was bad, and I couldn't follow the dialogue or understand what the cast was saying. There were less than 10 people in the theater, but my friend and I were the only ones who laughed about five times. 
I'm so sorry to give it a bad review. As I like to support black films, but this one just missed the mark. Or maybe it's too sophisticated for me? <laughs> I suggest you watch it free on TV eventually, as you just won't get much value from watching it at a theater. Read the other reviews if you're interested in taking a chance. Three out of four found that helpful. Oh, Diane. Oh, Diane. We move on quickly, rapidly, powerfully to uh, P. Claker. Uh, I like that name. Powerful. Uh, Six out of ten. If you love the Bible, go into this movie with an open mind. LOL. This was an interesting take on the New Testament story. Of also Jesus. an interesting choice of voice. <laughs> Jesus and Clarence. Of course, it was inaccurate to the Bible, but we could tell it was going to be based off of the trailer. There were a lot of funny moments in the movie that left me and the others trying to hold in our laughter. I'm drifting. I'm slipping. But the way things were going, it was hard not to. Uh, the beginning and middle of the movie was boring a bit for me, which made me tune out because it seemed obvious what was going to happen. But the story took an unexpected turn towards the end of the movie that actually got my attention. The music and soundtrack was very good to me. But honestly, it wasn't a bad film. Just don't expect anything to be just like the Bible. Eight out of fourteen. Not bad one, Alphal. All right, well, since this is a biblical movie, I'm going to bring this gimmick back. <laughs> I read now from the book of David Noli, chapter 32, verse 71. <clears throat> Faith or knowledge 10 out of 10 review this movie is far from perfect but that doesn't mean it isn't outstanding the director clearly understands the dictum that if you want people to listen to you make them laugh i don't believe i laughed this hard since bridesmaids that being said this was way more than your typical comedy whether devoutly religious, atheist, or anything in between, a working knowledge of the Bible isn't an absolute necessity, but can enhance your understanding of some of the themes in this movie and may help viewers enjoy it more, especially if you've ever engaged in debate of which is more important or powerful, faith or knowledge. <laughs> the scene of the stoning of the adulterers was powerful, Poignant, pivotal, and screamingly funny. Many viewers may be thrown off balance as the movie pinballs from comedy to romance to satire to social commentary and more, but I'm not going to hold it against the director. The narrative did not flow as smoothly as I would like, but disparate parts were all done so well I can forgive the jarring nature of the storyline. The cameos by David Oleo and Benedict Cumberbatch were breathtakingly brilliant. Literally, I'm still laughing as I write this. Ha ha ha. Some eight hours after seeing the movie. <laughs> BTW. <laughs> Kevin Smith suggested a 13th apostle in his dogma and featured a Lance Morissette as God. 
thought-provoking, irreverent, and funny, like Clarence, but not quite as bold. <laughs> Overall, I think this is a movie that will stand the test of time. It is a very well-made film. Go see this movie. Only one out of four found that helpful. Actually, that was a pretty well-written review. <laughs> very that was. Eloquante. Um, makes me interested to see this movie. Um, but I might just want to go see Dogma again instead. <laughs> it's on the Plex server, actually. <laughs> um, let's see what... Uh, so there were no one out of tens. So good job, movie. Um, but FC Fred... Yeah, FC Fred 17 said, 3 out of 10, a painful Bible sermon with a great black cast. Okay, Fred, you don't have to like point it out like that, but all right. <laughs> 3 out of 10, the actors all played their roles well, but the story was much different than what the trailer implied. My partner and I both thought this would be... Okay, first of all, I'll call him a partner. <laughs> I know we all. Okay. I know who you voted for. I don't think it's really. <laughs> <laughs> all right. All right. Thanks for my... heat tonight. Wow. <laughs> my partner and I both thought this would be a action romp that poked a bit of fun at the story of Jesus. Maybe even that it would be a bit politically and religiously subversive. It managed a few funny moments, but in the end, it was just a story of a man finding faith and being violently punished for it. The director said in an interview that movies like The Ten Commandments were his inspiration for the movie. I don't think that's apparent from the trailer, but it's very obvious after watching the movie. It provides black representation for the genre and faints towards being something more. But in the end, don't watch this unless you're looking for an awkwardly written Bible story. Three out of seven, three out of seven found this helpful. That's interesting. Okay, that's actually really interesting. Um, hmm. I knew it wasn't like going to be like what the uh, trailers were like because I know we had like we had two trailers that were vastly different. Yeah, it seemed like it was going to be a Life of Brian type deal. Yeah. at yeah. first. Wow. I think there were some Funny rewrites that. that happened. I think at some point. Possible. Thought it was going some some way, and it changed direction halfway through. Yeah, it, it, I mean the review that I read, not to to toot my own horn, but like they they mentioned that it was kind of all over the place. It was not really a cohesive narrative, just a bunch of like funny bits that they loosely strung together. Yeah, um, I think Royce Murphy won. Uh, he expresses very eloquently in his six out of ten review. Uh, it lost me in the third act. <laughs> Imagine the life of Brian ending with dire seriousness rather than a joyously silly ending with crucified singing from their crosses. This <laughs> film evolved from something I enjoyed to something I would avoid. There were new ideas explored in the first two acts, and there were genuine laughs. For example, there was a slapstick scene with John the Baptist I found particularly funny. The colors were saturated, and the Italian town standing in for Jerusalem was impressive. The musical score was developed by the writer-slash-director, and it added humor at times. I didn't expect to see choreographed disco dancing in the first century Jerusalem. <laughs> However, in the third act, the film changes course and tone. The, the film turns earnest, and there is a miraculously happy ending 
it was such a disappointment. The writer-slash-director comes across as a true believer recruiting for the faith. If it had held its tone and retained its healthy skepticism, I would have rated it. Unfortunately, the third act turns deadly serious, and is more the passion of the Christ than the life of Brian. It was jarring and out of step with the rest of the film. Behind the scary door. <laughs> I was about to Third. say, was this, did this take place behind the scary door? <laughs> <laughs> I saw him at him like, oh, oh absolutely. Uh, 38 <laughs> out of 61 found that helpful. All right. Well, that's. Imagine, if you will, a real reviewer, not that's, a fake one. That's the book. <laughs> that's the book on the book of Clarence. Um, Close it. And right. Rounding out the top ten, we have the Iron Claw, uh, Von Erich biopic, which uh, needs to get out of theaters. I did not get a chance to see it because it's it's not. I don't think it's playing near us. Um, I'd like to see it. Um, Blasphemy for Albany Town. Oh wait, actually, there is a showing at nine forty. I could still make it. I can still <laughs> do it. <laughs> All right, right. boys. Speed <laughs> that boy up. You got 20 minutes of trailers. Um, actually, you know what? Since uh, since um, someone insisted on having an anachronistic movie reviewed during 90s month, I think we're going to skip gaming news. Okay. And I'm go directly into... Good burger. <laughs> yeah. I was only going right. to talk about how, like, there is some stuff about, I don't know, content and pa- pal world, shoot shoot the animals. I don't know. I, you know, I, we talked about pal world, I think, a little bit a while back, and it's finally out. We should mention one thing. I'll play it, and I'll tell you how it is. I know Dave is playing it. He, I just saw him get online and start playing it, so I'll ask him how it's how it is tomorrow but we'll do it in uh, vr <laughs> um enslave animals in vr uh but no we're not going to talk about that <laughs> we're going to burger it up all right ah yeah so um good burger kind of embodies what i have i've called it's good burger and good burger too uh em- embody what i am dubbing as the space jam paradigm where um objectively good burger is a lot like space jam and where it's not a great movie um the the humor's a little out there uh not everyone in it's a particularly good actor the story is completely nonsensical um but for a lot of people, myself included, this was a big part of their childhood. And there's a lot of, like, things in this movie that are just, like, deeply pressed into my brain. Ah. And I have nostalgia towards it. Much like people had nostalgia to Space Jam, which is another objectively not very good movie from the 90s. But there are good parts in both of these movies that stick with you. Um and much like Space Jam, many years after anyone would have ever cared for one, uh, it got a sequel. And the sequel was completely devoid of anything that made the original... Hold that thought. <laughs> <laughs> they had a sequel, and we'll talk about it. 
Well, my my point is that they got sequels that weren't the best movies either because they didn't have the one vital ingredient that made Space Jam and uh, Gerdberger loved, and that is nostalgia <laughs> of the people reviewing them. I see. Good Burger, was this a um, movie made from The Amanda Show? Did Good Burger come so, first? And no. So there was a TV show called All That. So, yes. Sorry, and then, All That. And then it spun off into All different that. shows. One of them yes. was Keenan and Kel. And this is, I believe, a Keenan and Kel skit. There was a Good Burger, Keenan oh. and Kel skit. Is that what it was? Okay, and then yeah. they decided to make a movie out of it. I mean, I remember all that shit. I remember all that. I just didn't know the um, order of operations, and all that <laughs> was very reminiscent of. Yeah, that's right. Fuck. I all that. I'm I'm remembering some shit from that. I would love to go back and like watch a. Uh, uh, you remember some of like that of all season that season of. Well, I. I don't remember enough. I wonder that, if they. The the thing I've always wondered about all that is if the kids were actually writing the sketches. Oh, I'm sure they were not. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, Dan Schneider was behind it, right? Dan Schneider was yeah, he was all over it. <laughs> I mean, he was all over. He was inside of it. <laughs> he then, was he was underneath it, the feet of it. Um. Yeah. A <laughs> uh, quick quick shout out to the the Dan Schneider in the room. Um. Dan Schneider's in Good Burger. He's a so there's yep. there's one great Burger. thing about Good Burger, and it's Abe Vigoda. <laughs> yeah, he's he really puts his angles in it. So um, Keenan and Kel. So this movie, it's it's um, Good Burger is actually like a really great time capsule for yes. the late '90s because um, it's got a lot of people in it who were really only famous for this period of time and then their fame greatly dropped off or they were at the peak of their fame during this time people like carmen electra people like sinbad people Sin- like shack he was the teacher what sinbad no you mean <laughs> but he had that whole um genie movie thing too it was on the map about that yeah. yeah, he was really big. No, this is actually, you know what? I just realized this. I just put these two things together. Shazam and Kazam are both in this movie. That's right. Oh, shit. That is absolutely true. <laughs> Maybe that's a part of it. Maybe that's a part of why we inflate them. That's Shazam like, I could see um, Kel's character being like, oh, yeah, Shazam. <laughs> that's my favorite genie movie. And there are there are some of my favorite fucking line reads in the history of cinema in this movie. Like at the end, when Ed's explaining why he did what he did. Yeah. He gives this very like well thought out explanation of why he took the actions he did. And then uh Dex, which is uh Keenan's character, just kind of mugs him for a bit and he's like, Well, I'm not stupid. <laughs> and so- the way he hits that line just kills me every fucking time. Yeah. And it's it's wild to me to watch this movie with the knowledge of the future, knowing that Keenan had a much longer career in comedy than Kel, even though Kel was clearly the more talented of the duo. Yeah. yeah. I um, you mentioned Abe Vigoda, right? I didn't oh, realize yeah. he was like kind of a cameo, um, but it kind of made sense. Uh, well, he's a major just, character. I, I broke my ass. 
<laughs> Does it bother you that in his IMDb page, his known for section is The Godfather, Barney Miller, The Godfather Part 2, and Good Burger? No, it doesn't bother me, but I think it bothered him, which is why he was so good as playing the cranky old man. Because yeah. <laughs> I'm pretty sure that wasn't too far from how he actually felt about the situation, I going from the Godfather to Good Burger. That's kind of That hilarious. should have been the name of his memoir, From Godfather to Good Burger, The Abe Vigoda Story. <laughs> Godfather to Good Burger. That's a really good docuseries title. That's uh, what is it? Uh, Ken, not uh, who does the who did the the Ken American, Burns, yeah, yeah, Ken Burns documentary. <laughs> <laughs> oh, um, I had a different experience. So I have a different context from this from all y'alls. Um, Nickelodeon was not a part of my childhood. Um, it wasn't a part of mine, but we had the big orange VHS tape of Good Burger. And we would used to have to travel out to Buffalo all the time for state championships and swimming. And we had this little, uh, like, 10-inch uh, CRT TV with a VCR built into it that we would watch VHS tapes on the car ride uh, to and from. And one of those tapes that made it on every trip invariably was Good Burger. And my parents fucking hated it because <laughs> if you just got exposed to just the sounds of Good Burger, it would drive you fucking nuts. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um and I will so I came into this I watched both Good Burger and Good Burger 2 uh night back not back to back but on consecutive nights um so I was exposed to the whole thing fresh in one go um I will say that Good Burger 1 was the it is like the epitome of 90s pop culture yes and I'm going to fucking burn Kurt's eyebrows off with this. I liked Good Burger 2 better. I'm sorry. It's okay Not to sorry. be wrong. It's okay to be wrong. That's that's fine. Okay. Um, so my take. Uh, I watched like Good Burger on Ken and Cal, and like that's where I originally know. Then the movie came out, so I'm I'm pretty sure at some point I watched the movie Good Burger when I was a kid. Watching this was complete nostalgia bait for me. I like that part of it, but like reviewing it content wise. Yeah, it's not a great movie. Dude, I did not. I did not <laughs> laugh like a lot. <laughs> and like and I, the, the entire time I was like, wow, this is like the best live action adaptation of a cartoon that doesn't exist <laughs> I've ever seen. Because they do such a good job of like having the actors animate themselves in a way and be very expressive paired with like their camera shots and mm -hmm. like the way things were framed just like the, the set fucking, design uh, the, the foley like yeah like even even the simplicity of like yeah like the the goofs like picking up the bur the mondo burger and having it bend um yeah. the idea that like you could just make these things like inflate with an illegal chemical but like also just the goofiness of like when the um the Looney Bin guys are going in to reach Keenan and Kel and they like open up the door and then they very expressively like reach back and reach in and it's like mm -hmm. that whole shot was designed for like cartoonish uh perspective. Well, yeah, and you have the OG cartoon character, George Clinton, 
uh, to give a funk dance break. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so I Which, was like, this is very... Um, like, they were just like one... <clears throat> like, um, ramp up the legs to <laughs> to start running really fast. Oh, yeah, the fucking xylophone. From, like, from being like a fucking acne, uh, parody. So... <laughs> Dust cloud in the I'm shape like, of Cal, just exactly, um, and like that would have fit right in at home with this okay. movie. So <coughs> I get this lovely opportunity then to get some context for this. So like, I watching this and not having seen it as a kid, I was like, I'm I'm trying to put myself in the mind. I'm like, all right, is this like? In an era before the internet, having someone okay. as wacky as Ed, I'm like, okay, I could, I could, I could see it as someone who's just like off the wall, like the the ultimate zany like counterpart to the straight man, right? Was that right. the appeal of like Keenan and Kel and like and all that? Like, what was? So I mean, they, I mean, Keenan and Kel, think of it like Key and Peel before Key and Peel was Key and Peel. <laughs> um, they weren't all the same kind of like characters, right? Okay. They would they would kind of switch it up a little bit, and and Kel himself, you know, around this time would have um like other roles that weren't quite as goofy. Like you, you, we watched Mystery Men for an earlier episode of Nineties oh, yeah, Winter. That's right. Uh, he's in that one, um, and it's it's not quite the same sort of character. He's more like mm-hmm. of a, a reserved nerdy kind of guy but he still can crush those lines yeah so he this was a so this was a bit or like a a skit that like snl movies that just got expanded into its own it it is essentially a night at the roxbury uh as written by teenagers (laughs) okay that that makes more sense now i understand um because i thought this was like thought i thought that this was what put like put them on the map or like put them on the stage and like I that's that had me skeptical. <laughs> I was like oh. is I grew like I grew on the Ed like like the weird nondescript like groan that grew on <laughs> me as a sound effect. I yeah. I ah, I'm u- I'm using that now. It's going in my books. <laughs> um but I can see like that's why I don't I think the the second one connected with me better. Was it the first one had that feel of to me like they had a couple really strong jokes and there were some really strong jokes in there um but it was it felt to be like stretched out with yeah i mean it definitely doesn't have enough material to justify its runtime ironically not enough Um, meat on the patty yeah Um, but the same can be said about the sequel i think even more so um imo mm -hmm. I, I think this is another Keenan Cal skit. I'm trying to find other. It's kind of hard on mm-hmm. YouTube to find other Keenan Cal skits, um, like specifically to find to see like because um, I don't know actually I don't remember um, exactly if uh, Cal was like the the goof and then Keenan was like the uh, the straight man of the yeah. group. Um, but there there is I did find in my sleuthing the beginning of Good Burger was a. a I think a a nod to the first uh, Good Burger sketch. I think that they had, where Keenan was the um, construction worker coming up to Kel, who was the like Good Burger uh, 
order taker. <laughs> they they completely different lines, and it seems like they recreated that again for the Tonight Show. And then also maybe SNL too. I don't know. Probably to for publicity for the uh, Good Burger too. Well, actually, this Tonight Show one was eight years ago. Hmm. Um, Interesting. Oh, I guess that's maybe when Cal resurfaced after his uh, I, I tour of duty of, kind of, of walk a flock of flame. <laughs> yeah, I don't know because there was always some controversy around like Cal. Like there was a weird, it was one of those weird rumors, like the uh, the whole, um, you know, you swallow a spider every night or some of like that. Oh, yeah, he, was, he had like an urban night. legend about him. It was an urban legend about Cal because it was like before the internet. Of him like dying uh, of like coke overdosing or something like that because he just like faded him to obscurity and then yeah and like there wasn't resurfaced on SNL there wasn't really any uh, well Keenan got hired on SNL uh, not too long after this movie honestly yeah. and like he six hanged, years and he was there he, a long time still there I think. I was going to say, yeah, he is. Longest tenured uh, cast member in the history of the show because he's safe and he's not talented enough to really break out into other things. Yeah. You know, that's kind of, I don't know if that's like, I guess that kind of just shows our age is that our childhood like comedian is now this uh, veteran SNL, uh, this legacy media veteran. Mm -hmm. Um. Or, or just An the fact elder, that he's just not statesman. that great to break off on his own, like you said. Yeah. Because um, I, I don't know if he would do that great in other stuff. I don't know what he's been, what he's done other than that. Well, he, he like he he has you know bit roles where he shows up and just you know does the Keenan kind of character. Well, he's also probably a, a writer too. I'm wondering if he's written on a lot of other stuff alongside SNL. Uh, but yeah, oh, Mitch- he was. Kel he just was Troy on snakes on a plane. Mm. Oh, Kel um, just kind do... of uh, fell off the map for a while there. Yeah. yeah. If you want to be cynical about it, there's a dark irony for the sequel that the character, both the character and the actor, uh, seemingly after doing a being a going on to bigger things for a while. Finally, had to come back to Good Burger, the movie, and Good Burger, the burger place. Yeah. Um, but I think that's a little bit too, too, um, like I said, cynical or like, uh, poo pooing. Um, yeah, like I said, like this is the first one again was like the epitome of like all the aesthetic choices and culture choices of the 90s kind of wrapped up in one package. Um, and I really appreciate about that. Like this is, it has all the keynotes and by which the keynotes, I mean, um, over the top set design, um, crap strewn all around every set, all the sets and, (laughs) uh, a slime and or goop portion. That one applies mainly to kids and comedy movies more so. Yes. Um, that was like, that was important like humor in the to. 90s, was like splattering yeah. someone with goo. And as we alluded to earlier, it's got a lot of people who were really famous in the 90s uh, in it uh, who maybe aren't as famous now. Yeah. Um, yeah, the, yeah so, so that's... 
the the plot is. Uh, do we do we want to go into detail on it? I mean, all right. So Good Burger is like a local mom and pop burger joint, mm-hmm. and then Mondo Burger, uh, run Which, by. It is every '90s Supercorp um, yeah. villain, complete uh, with tracksuits and. Um, who is the who is the bad guy? Who is the actor who played the bad guy? I don't know. All I know is the character's name is also Kurt. Yeah, it's spelled the same way. Um, and the actor unfortunately kind of mushmouths a lot of a lot of his line delivery in this. I um, just don't think they mic'd him very well. <laughs> that could be it. Like he's he a lot of a lot of the diction gets lost in the in the delivery there, um, somewhere along the way. Um, but regardless, yeah, it's the classic '90s big big bad evil corp versus the hometown heroes um instead of sports it's burgers so they they start putting the hurting on good burger because their burgers have so much more beef um we find out later that's due to an illegal additive uh that they add into the burgers um oh jan schweiderman but ed kind of saves the day by coming up with a uh a special sauce uh, that kind of mm-hmm. puts Good Burger back on the map. Mondo Burger tries to uh, get the sauce recipe. They send a hooker in to try to get yep. the <laughs> get the information from Ed, but Ed is immune to romance because he uh, he's too he's a special kind of dude. <laughs> <laughs> he is uh, he has a advanced form of Asperger's. <laughs> yeah, that's he. he the put, best. He puts Some the would bur- say not the best burger. Yeah, puts the he burger puts the in burger. Yeah, that's that's great. Um, Not the good burger you want, but and then they try to poison the sauce, and then they have Ava go to sent to the mental hospital, and then Keenan Kill mm-hmm. also show up in the mental hospital. And that's my they, favorite joke in the movie: is they're escaping the mental hospital. Um, Ava Goda and Dex, um, Keenan's character, go out the window, and then Ed. They go out the window that was open for them, and then Ed stays along, stays behind, and says his goodbyes to like the lady, the girl he meets there. And then he goes to her, and it cuts to the outside where he breaks through the unbroken window next to it. I was like, <laughs> "This is this is that Tom and Jerry shit I live for." Yeah, yeah. it's great. Uh, they escape via via George Clinton dance break um, and commandeer an ice cream truck, which is another great sequence. Uh, Ava Goda driving the ice cream truck, um, <laughs> and uh, you know the rolls into the climax where you know their chemical scheme is exposed to everyone, and they you know the day is saved, um, and Sinbad's car gets busted up again. And they do it by using the so they use the illegal additives to overload the burgers. So the climax is again classic '90s like. Giant burger explosions destroy Mondo Burger. Yeah. In a in a meaty chunky, um, <laughs> is is it fair to say Mondo Burger gets jibbed? I guess, yeah. Yeah. This is this was like the um like the peak. This is like the Nickelodeon special. <clears throat> like Nickelodeon, kind of had a uh, a market on covering people in goo and stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, in the nineties, oh, I suppose they even had they even had an extreme sport. Um, because Ed he <sighs> skates, he does skating. 
No, yeah, he rollerblades. Like, he yeah, blades. Roll. He blades. He doesn't skate. Like, he blades. That's what I meant. Like, yeah. He's a blader. So, um, that's also very they, 90s. The burgers started exploding and like covering people in like burger stuff and juice. Burger bits. Some of them seemed a little on the rare side. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, um, and this I is sp- like their specialty. Just like they love just covering people in like just goo. Yeah, for we, whatever reason. We kind of omitted uh, important framing information for those who care. Um, oh, yeah. Dexter's working at Good Burger because he got into an accident with his teacher uh, and has to pay for the repairs. Uh, yeah, so his yes. mom doesn't find out that he took the car or something like that. Um, and that's yeah. kind of what sets everything in motion. That's why I mentioned Sinbad's car getting busted up again at the end. But I had forgotten that I hadn't mentioned in the first place. On to Good Burger 2. Yeah, that was the running joke. Um, So, yeah, this is he. Dex grows up to be an unsuccessful investor because he has no, like many investors, he has no idea of what is realistically possible. Yeah, he he comes up with ideas, but has no idea how to to realize these visions. Um, And he loses all his money and money of his family members. His house, um, as it just burns up behind him, and then he he's got to go back. He's got to go back to um, Demented Hills uh, to to go see his old job and try and get get himself back on track. Um, so he joins up with Burger Crew. It's a new Burger Crew, except for Fizz, the fry guy. <laughs> That's I like I love that joke where he's just in Those... he's in the deep freeze. They find him in the deep freezer, and he comes out good, of cryo. Yeah. He's like, wow. I w- okay. must have been 28 years. I'm I... late for baseball practice and high school and college. So shout out to Paramount Plus for not allowing me to watch this movie. Because um, I was going to watch part of it at least before the podcast. And I, um, I did hear that it was not... Some people did not like it. Just from watching the trailer, which I must have missed at some point. Holy fuck cameos. Yeah. yeah. They're, they They're... loaded the trailer up. Uh, unless there's another one, this there's... is the IMDb trailer, and it is like the staple thing is not Good Burger. It is look who we paid to put in our movie. Yeah, yeah. With and all it... the product placement, I will say there was a little product placement in Good Burger one. Rolled Gold, I tasteful, front and yeah. center, but tasteful because I like Rolled Gold. Yes. Uh, Good Burger two. Every other snack food wanted to be right on the fucking front of this thing. Yeah, and it's all the. Just they a lot of cameos for the sake of cameos, like okay. Pete Davidson yep. in the beginning, Flula. Um, just I got Young whole... Gravy. I got Mark Cuban. I got yeah. Lil Rel Howery. I don't know how mm. much of a, a big cameo he is. He's Rob the Rob he's the lawyer. Like he's the evil lawyer guy who's like a main character. Yeah. yeah. Okay, hold on, hold on, one sec. Did Carmen Electra? Yes, she reprised her with... role. Yes, she's... No. so she reprised her role, but did she end up? So that was the no, joke. They, like they, they make he, a joke. He goes back to Ed's house, and she comes out holding his kid, and then, and Keen's like, "Oh, oh wow, you Roxanne. and Roxanne got together." And he's, he's like, like no, "No, gross." Nah, nah she's her nanny. And then that's a good joke. That- yeah. See, I liked. So I, I'll defend myself a little bit on two. Uh, for me, it hit more because I like that kind of um, old style, like setup and payoff joke, which I think two had more of um maybe it's a little bit too formulaic some might say 
Um, yeah, I would say that, yes. Yeah. <laughs> and um, soulless. That's that's kind of my main takeaway from Good Burger 2, is I just didn't feel the, the heart that I felt in the first one. And maybe that's have, just It does have just uh, me. soft sequels uh, syndrome. Yeah, it's a soft sequel. There doesn't, there isn't a real reason for it to exist. It feels like it's just nostalgia bait for the sake of nostalgia bait. It's a member berry. Hey, remember Good Burger? And you're like, yeah, I remember Good Burger. You want Good Burger too? No, not really. Well, here <laughs> it is anyway. <laughs> that's that's uh, kind of my experience with this movie. Fair enough. Um, so just very quickly, it's a it's Megacorp. Which is the like the sister of Kurt? Uh, what's his name? Um, Vonnegut. So instead of <laughs> chemical additives, it's robots and AI. So it's like an Elon Musk type deal, um, yeah. and they're gonna take over the world with robotic Ed. So you get to see um, some fun Robo Ed performances. And they go in, they hack the mainframe, and they shut it down. And um, Keenan re- reconnects with his niece, and there's hijinks, and they save the day. My favorite joke in this one was there. It's the second act, bottom of you know they're in the pits, they're down the dumps, they and they emotional call the, low the team yeah. meeting, and Ed gets up on the table and he's like, "Wait, guys, wait, wait," and he's gonna do like the speech, and he's like, "Don't give up," and then he just stands there while the entire like where the rest of an inspiring speech would be as he just <laughs> holds on the silence and they play the inspiring music behind him. <laughs> I was like, that's my kind of joke. I that is that's that's right in my wheelhouse. That's the kind of that was absolutely the joke I would make is the the anti speech where he just Yeah, like I mean it's not devoid of merit completely. Like there are like individual good jokes, but the whole thing doesn't really flow together and the plot isn't very satisfying. Like not just because it's a retread of the the first movie's plot like that's kind of be expected in in something like this but like it just goes from like it kind of invalidates Dex's character arc from the first movie a little (laughs) bit because it goes straight into being a an asshole again yeah he was in the first one he was the schemer out for himself uh, and he learns the value of friendship uh, by the end, and and now he's back at it. He's back at immediately bullshit. screwing over his friend. Like thirty minutes of the movie, he sells the f- fucking good burger from under Ed. <laughs> it was, it's, it's kind of like I wish they had played it up more. That what he did, like he he signs the Megacorp contract without thinking about it because he wants money. Like he doesn't read it over. And I really think they could have played that up more. That he just like signed a huge contract, signing away his. Uh, like the entire business and he didn't and they, read any of it. Well, they could have done a callback to the first movie because he has experience with drafting contracts because he drafted up the contract to get Ed to sign the rights over very to true. the Ed sauce over. Don't fuck with me on like, my good burger really, knowledge. I, no, that would have been really funny <laughs> if Ed was like, well, hey, you didn't stiff me on that contract the last time. You wrote, yeah, you, you know, you done something con- there. And, and then, you know, can you, um, Dex just looks at the camera like. Oh. For for how much this movie lampshade hangs about, hey, you remember this from the first movie? I'm very disappointed that that wasn't even a consideration. Mm-hmm. Or, well, I can't prove that it wasn't consideration, but it didn't make it into the movie. Yeah. 
That's all um, the evidence I need <laughs> to make my baseless accusation. Yeah. So, uh, I would say, yeah. So, I guess the conclusion is if, as a 90s thing, this is Good Burger 1 hits right on it, Good Burger 2 drifts away from it. If you are looking for some 90s nostalgia, Good Burger 1 will satisfy your cravings. Ooh, food puns. Um, I would, and I will put in an asterisk that Good Burger 2 is also worth checking out. Check it out. See how you feel about it. Watch some clips on YouTube. That'd be my recommendation. Yeah. Yeah. Um, All right. And I think we're... We're getting back into the swing of keeping these episodes kind of like in the hour and a half space. I'm liking it. Because um, <laughs> <laughs> I think that's going to wrap it up on episode 402 of the Sound Studs podcast. Um, you have three we'll, minutes You have three minutes to catch Iron Claw. Yeah, I, I can I can do it. <laughs> well, the movie's not going to start till 10, so yeah. I, could, I could still make it if I really wanted to, but it's fucking <laughs> cold out, it. so I'm not. Um, staying in. Staying yeah. inside. Staying warm, staying safe. Um, And until next time, uh, be well, stay safe, and party like it's 1995. Peace. Bye-bye. Yeah. Yeah.